Hello and welcome to Guess the Handicaps, where we look ahead to the GAA weekend by, you've guessed it, guessing the handicaps. We're all about hurling this weekend. I'm Mick and playing today are PJ and Gary as we look ahead to the Allianz Hurling League. We'll get to it in just a second. Of course, we are here every week for football and hurling, so please do hit that subscribe button. Let's get to it, lads. Okay, Gary and PJ here with me. It is all about hurling this weekend. No football. They're on a, a week off and hurling returns after, even though we just had Kilkenny and Wexford in the rearranged fixture last week. Two rounds to go and lots to talk about. We're going to stick with Division 1A and B. And a little twist this week, lads. Gary's back from week's holidays. He was undefeated in Guess the Handicaps, as we know. PJ Renham very close, uh, hit him to two tiebreakers um, in, uh, in last week or two weeks ago in both the football and the hurling. But I popped in last week, beat PJ, so we don't know what to do. So we've decided we're going to have a triple trek this week <laughs> where all three of us play. I don't know the handicap. Shane's knocking around behind the scenes here, ready to reveal it in visual form. Uh, obviously, if you're listening on the podcast, I will fill in the blanks. But uh, I'm all excited about this. Um, I don't exactly know how we're going to work it tiebreak-wise or whatever or who's going to go. But I think what we'll go in in order of Gary's the defending champion. He gets first guess. It goes to PJ, then to me. Second round, PJ, me, Gary, and so on in perpetuity forever and ever and ever. So let's get started, lads, because Division 1A is where we want to start. It's Limerick versus Cork, Saturday, quarter past seven. Like, this should be a great game, but I have a, actually have a, a problem with it. Limerick are, you know, there's they, they've got one point. Cork have five. Technically, they can catch them still if all kinds of mad things happen, but they're not going to catch Tip. Galway and Waterford who are all on four points Limerick are basically out of it and one of the things with the change league this year is that there's really no um, uh, jeopardy there's no vulnerability there because Limerick are going to beat Westmead next week we're almost sure of that and even if they don't by some miracle they'll have to lose another miracle match in a playoff against uh, Leash or Antrim down the line so really Limerick are left with these two games to play for in a shortened league anyway and nothing really going on. So it, it's a real problem with the, the new league format, PJ. Definitely. Um, it, it's such a strange season as well, which like this is basically like, like a pre-season tournament this year, it feels like. Yeah. You know, the team's kind of experimenting. So I, I find it kind of hard to make any kind of absolute judgments based on this season alone, because, it, like I said, it, it is just such a strange one. I, I don't know, like... How, how how do you think how would you bring jeopardy into it because it's like it is very hard because you've got these some these kind of top teams who are never really going to lose to like a leash or a westmead you would think although yeah. i mean like claire claire, claire did lose to, to antrim i guess so it's like what you re really kind of talk about is that there there are no teams making like a breakthrough into the top tier of Erling who are capable of beating those like what we say like the top eight or what, whatever they are you know i i think that's you know this is like a symptom of that no it, it it clearly is and that's that's obviously a bigger issue but what we had for the last few years was an eight team division one in which like you know a quality team was getting relegated or two every year Do you remember like there was a point where limerick couldn't get out of division two for mm. years they were finishing second or get losing the league final every single year and you know it seemed like a lot of there was a lot of cribbing in hurling counties about this not being right and everybody should be in division one and it kind of it just waters it down so much since what's the point but but i actually am interested in both of your thoughts on it because kerry and westmead people here with an interest in how those developing counties do come on and for me that's a little bit more important and 
is it worth from your point of view having a watered down league so that Westmead can play Tip and Cork and Limerick and Waterford this year, Gary, even if they are getting beaten out the gate? Like, or would you prefer to be in a group with Carlo, Offaly, all these teams, and actually trying to get promoted in the same way as they do in the John McDonough? Yeah, it feels like there's like you were kind of saying there, there's too much appeasing of the the traditionally strong counties going on by having these two division ones and without them ever being in danger of being relegated. Like, could they not just do what they do in football where they have like why can't division one A and one B as they are now be split into division one and two and you have the best in the top division and then like you could have Westmead, Leash, Antrim all in the same division and then a couple of the counties who are probably going to be a bit pissed off that they're in it. But at least they can like if you're if you're good enough to be in the top division, get earned promotion, like you know, earn the right to be there. So that seems like an obvious solution because I suppose division so one B is little... groups instead of eight teams because that's yeah. actually interesting because then there is a little bit more competitiveness competitiveness there but it is exactly yeah because like division division one b is a bit different it's because it's a little bit weaker and it has leash and antrim so both of them are kind of targeting that game but westmead are going out every week no they're yeah. going like i know they are, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I westmead are going out every week no one realistic that they're going to be hammered like i know they're in ran water for those but you know it's it seems a bit pointless to have all have westmead in that division when they could be in the division below and be having a couple of games that they could target to win like it is ridiculous. Like Limerick have had their worst start to a league campaign since 2010, and they're in no danger of being punished for it, really, yeah. which is a bit ridiculous. So I don't know. I think there's definitely something needs to be done about the structures of it because there's it's too comfortable for those teams that, that and like even Limerick, if, you know. Even if it's not in the weird year that it is now, like we'll have quarterfinals next year, and Limerick will still be just a like a one win and their next two games possibly away from making those quarterfinals, and you're thinking. God, like, I mean, they're not even being punished in the normal year, you know, in terms of, like, going to get the extra games. Now, I think they would have to win this match. And I'd just be interested in how they perform, regardless of league structure for this, at home to Cork. Like, not that I don't know how much home matters when there's no people there in a cavernous Gaelic grounds. Um, but at the same time, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how nobody is worried about Limerick. Nobody's taking this dip in form seriously. Uh you know, we know what they're capable of and maybe they just needed to kind of try a few things during the league. But then they go out and they get well beaten by Waterford again. And it's just like, now you're just thinking, it's three matches now where they haven't performed. Can you just turn that on? So let's talk about this week first. Can they turn it on this week? And do you think the bookies think they can? Um, and then we'll worry, I suppose, about the championship, maybe even next week before they, they you know, if, if they don't perform again. Um, Gary, you're first up here for this one, Limerick versus Cork. Yeah, it is a, It is such a hard one to judge because, like we're saying, Limerick, they've been way under par so far and Cork have been playing really well. Yeah, so, top of the league. But you, you still think that the bookies are going to have Limerick as favourites because it's at home and just because it's Limerick. So Limerick minus three. Okay, it goes to PJ. It's weird not uh, knowing that my poker face is actually a real face. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it's a bit ironic that we were talking about the lack of uh, jeopardy in the league as we uh, shoehorn me back in here despite having lost two weeks in a row. It's like it, it's a very it's a very GA thing to do. It's like if Waterford were somehow relegated from the Munster Championship by losing to like Joe McDonough Cup winners Kerry and uh, the GA decided, ah, gee, uh, oh. Oh, we can't have this emergency Congress. Uh, Waterford are back in. You know what? A 16 Munster Championship isn't that bad. Uh, 
back <laughs> no, I think you're exactly right there. <laughs> and back to Limerick and Cork. Uh, a strange game, Limerick at home. I think Limerick will be favourites, and the bookies will be thinking about like, their all-earned champions. They were so dominant last year. That will definitely be on the minds. But Cork looked like they're playing pretty well. Uh, what they've beaten what. Beat Waterford, drew a tip, hammered Westmead. Maybe it's a little bit hard to cut. Like, Waterford didn't look great in that first week, I thought. No, but, yeah, they definitely caught them a little bit on the hop. And even if you look at scores, I know that's not the way you should judge a game because people mm. score goals for a reason. But I think they only got one more score than Waterford over the course of the 70 minutes, you know. So it's it was very, a tightish game. It's very hard to know what these teams are concentrating on, you know, if, if they're just, like, thinking of a championship and trying to peak for that. But I think Limerick definitely needed a performance here. Uh, so, but I think Limerick minus two. Okay. I would have said Limerick minus two. I definitely want well, not going higher than Gary, which would be minus four. So I'll have to say Limerick minus one. Um, and I do kind of expect Limerick to win the game. I have to say, let's see it. Let's see if Shane. Limerick uh, minus two. PJ gets off the mark with a win and he has the honor going forward into the next game. So congratulations. That's on a Saturday, Saturday, 7.15. It's kind of the marquee um game hurling game of the weekend you would think um but we're going to skip the next game in 1a and hold it we might come back to it if there's a tie break but it's westmead versus the un also undefeated tipperary two draws and a win for tip um so far you'd imagine they will get the second win or their yeah their second win um on sunday at two o'clock but the other game in division 1a then is another cracker the 2017 all Ireland final galway versus waterford uh 345 on sunday I have to say I liked I know I don't want to make every Galway conversation about Joe Canning and look Waterford PJ are probably even a more interesting team to talk about here but I liked Joe in midfield mm. um a couple of weeks ago it was an interesting uh he looks diff- he looks heavier and not in an unfit way but he looks like he that little bit slower and that little bit bulkier and yet he's still kind of dancing through lads he got a great point in the first half where he just like he looked like he was moving in slow motion but it still seemed like he was um he just still had a yard on, on on people but he's i don't know what the story is if david burke is injured or he's not coming back into the team or moving on or whatever it is but i wonder is joe the answer to filling that position alongside cohen there but they're definitely going to try it again anyway yeah uh I, I my presumption is they think he'll you know he, he'll be able to take advantage of space he'll be able to make from manufacture for himself in in midfield that he might not get if he was closer to goal in like the half forward line or the full forward, well, the half forward line, because he is such a, like a good passer of the ball and he has such an incredible vision. Maybe like I presume that they think this is where he can exploit that. So it is like it, it is it, it's it's good like it is one of these experimental moves that you wouldn't usually see so, so close to the championship. Yeah. You'd think, but yeah, it's a. It's like this kind of latter stage of his career. It is interesting that there's, there's, they still think that they there's more to be. They're trying to extract as much as they can from him. Um, I, well, so far, Galway have beaten Westmead, beaten like that that win against Limerick. You thought, oh, like Galway are clear second favourites for the All Ireland here. Like they, that was that was the way I. Most people kind of thought about it at the time. Then they got a loose tip. Kind of disappointing. Um, Waterford have won the last three league games against Galway, which is which is quite interesting. They're uh, 
And I do like them as a team to be an All-Ireland contender this year. I think Galway at home, I have uh, I've Galway minus two written down here. I think I'm going to stick with that. Okay. Yeah, Galway minus two. Galway minus two. I don't know what to do on this because Waterford... Oh, like it's funny you've been you were talking about them as all our contenders a couple of weeks here. You're saying it even again. They've got better as it's gone on so far, and you know you have to remember where they came from last year and the job that Liam Cattle did. And actually, they never do get the respect in the numbers, you know, in 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 these things that we're thinking of, you know, until suddenly they'll be almost over respected, you know, and people will mm-hmm. yeah they'll have a big win somewhere along the line, and people will decide they're going to win the All Ireland, you know. But I think I would actually have Galway favourites, and whether that's fair or not, I don't know. The Galway tip game, there was such a league game to that, in a way, in that it was very good for 50 minutes, and then the result didn't seem to matter all that much for the last 20. Tip kind of Mm. pulled away a little bit, Galway let it happen. I just wonder if that would happen if it was a championship game. We saw them last year and God only knows how many times before in the last decade or so, those two teams, when they do come up against each other, are so evenly matched. Um, so I wouldn't write off Galway because of it. I don't know how disappointing it was, if you know what I mean. I don't know how um, in, how how seriously people are taking the results of these once they're kind of in decent position as Galway were in their first two games. What did you say? You said Galway minus two. I'm going to go higher, just think, I, I, it could be Galway minus three, Gary. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think this is kind of, weirdly, it's kind of a big game for Galway, because like PJ was saying, after they beat Limerick, I was like, okay, here's, here's the team to go and like, take Limerick's crown. If anyone's going to do it this year, it's them. But then to go out and lose the tip, I know what you're saying, it was, like, it was a close game, they didn't really seem to want, want it, it's probably the wrong term, but they didn't really push for the result as hard as they could have. If they go out and lose to Waterford, then again, this weekend then it's like okay they've after losing to tip and waterford in consecutive games like mm. does that like who are who are possibly like they're definitely they're definitely probably two of the top five so it's kind of definitely questions whether galway can be the team to beat limerick i think even if even though it is on the league game but like you're saying like we're so close yeah. to the championship you know i still have serious concerns over the, the amount of people that galway are bringing through like you look at their their team now and you've got like their first choice team you kind of you weed it out a little bit and you think who's going to stay there in championship and like maybe goalkeeper cornerbacks and Brian Concanon at corner forward in your first choice are probably the only changes from the All Ireland winning team of four years ago, you know, and it's hurling like you know, these things. And I'm just thinking, like, I could be wrong on that, but that's what it seems to me is that you're probably talking about maybe a four-player change around from an All-Ireland winning team four years ago it just doesn't feel like enough for me, I have to say. And I know that's it, it's it's crap that the game has gone that way, that you can almost like build a team on who you have. But especially in Hurling, it just does, does seem like you need a, you need two, three guys every single year. Yeah, and probably is like... Every... Sorry, no, I was about to say, I, I probably add Evan Nyland to that as well. I, I think like if, if Canning does play midfield, I think Evan Nyland might come into the, into the half-forward line. Yeah, he 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 looks like a he he looks like a player which is maybe starting to fulfil potential you would have seen a few years ago. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say like it seems like every top team has at least one or two like top top 21, 22, 23 year olds that they depend even in football as well. It's kind of going that way. Every big team seems to have those players now, so that could have an effect. But uh, 
going back to the handicap, I think it probably will be minus two or minus three. Uh, so I'm kind of screwed there, but I don't think it'll be minus one. So I'm probably just going to have to say minus four for Gala. Oh, if it is. I think, I think Waterford could win this game, actually. You know, I, I, I yeah. do think like Waterford definitely a chance to win this game. 100%. Like, I just don't think, I think it's more likely to be minus, no, well, I don't know. It's going to be minus two or minus three. So I just, <laughs> okay, <go laughs> my on, guess say. doesn't matter. Reveal it. It's ah. minus two. They had it from the start. The whole last five minutes was pointless. <laughs> Let's move on to Division One B. So as PJ takes a two 0 lead here, he could finally get off the mark. There's only uh, three games left, and and me and Gary could split points or anything could happen here. But Antrim Wexford, three o'clock on Saturday. Um, we've talked for a couple of weeks now about Antrim targeting games, lads. Um, but this is like. This they will again be targeting this one. They're playing Westmead last next week. Um, you know, if they lose that head to head, they're in trouble. So they actually would like to get something out of this game just to kind of keep them safe, safe. Um Leash next week, Mick. Sorry, isn't it? Leash, sorry, yeah, not Westmead, sorry. The, the other the other <laughs> bottom of the barrel, Gary, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, but like for, for Antrim, you do want to see that progress turn into results and to get another scalp. It's easier said than done, but Wexford don't seem fully at the races, I have to say. Um, from a Clare point of view, that's worrying because their one performance was injury time against Clare a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, well beaten Michael Kenny, the whole COVID bullshit seeming to get to them. But at the same time, bullshit or no, you don't want few cases of COVID going through your squad when you're trying to play a game every single week as they are at the moment. And you just wonder, they have on years and off years with Davey and they do reveal themselves pretty quickly, you know, and you almost expect them to bounce back after a disappointing year last year. But what if they don't, you know? Um, and I don't know whether we'll see much from this week that'll prove that one way or another. But at the same time, I definitely would be worried if I was a Wexford fan. Yeah, like obviously the COVID thing is, that's, you can't really account for that. And it seems to have had a negative impact on them. But also in a way, I think Davey is probably secretly loving, like he was out again during the week there talking about this media, so-called media campaign against Wexford with the, you know, the way it was being reported on and stuff. He's going to love creating that siege mentality. We always say that about him and he, any excuse, you know that. But whether that's going to work or not, it's a completely different thing. But they, they need if they, there's going to be serious alarm bells ringing if they don't win fairly comfortably this weekend. I said, yeah, it's my turn to pick the handicap. I've just realised. Um, <laughs> so is this this is uh, the famous Corrigan Park, uh, which is not the easiest place to go, as Claire found out. And I have to say, I would just I, whatever about like what will happen. I would just love to see Antrim just giving this another rattle and making that a bit of a fortress and this place that, you know, come next year's Division 1, everybody doesn't want to be drawn away um, to. Um, so I would, unless Caseman Park, there's no chance of that being redeveloped by next year's. <laughs> um, I think that I think it will play a couple of points difference in the handicap, but I think Wexford will still have a fairly decent size. Um I'm going to go minus six. I'm going to go Wexford minus six. Is that fair? Gary up next? Gary is up next, yeah. Sorry, I realise I haven't let yeah. you in. Yeah, PJ. So <laughs> you can keep on uh, your guess. I won't hold you up too much, PJ. I think, I think the bookies are still always wary of 
given the like lesser teams in Division One too low of a handicap, even though it might be deserved in this case. So in that case, I'm going to overcut Mick and say minus seven. Yeah, uh, this is this is the first time these two teams have met in the league since 2015, and uh, Wexford only won that game by a point. They were in they were in a bad bad state at that time. I think that there was a uh, pre davy a little bit. Uh, mm. Yeah, I I think that he leaned on. I think yeah. The, the game the game against Kilkenny, Kilkenny finally kind of figured Wexford out. Seemed to be the story that like the story of that game that it was uh, with, uh Kilkenny's first win against uh, Wexford in six or seven games I think it was. Wow. Um, yeah, which yeah, it's like a really good record that uh that Davy had against Davy and Wexford had against Kilkenny. Um, yeah, so that game was really over by halftime. Wexford came back into it like a, like a little bit. But yeah, Kilkenny figured out that system. So I think yeah, Wexford definitely Wexford definitely favours this game. Although like the Antrim will target this like like the Dublin game. I think Antrim should be thinking we can win this game because they're up against uh, a team in a vulnerable list kind of spot. I had minus six written down initially, but I I I just I'm starting to think that in the previous weeks the bookies went with larger handicaps than we would have expected. Yeah. I'm going to say minus eight. Okay, so minus six, minus seven, minus eight are the three guesses we went for, and it is oh. minus seven. So Gary's back in, and I'm virtually out uh, with a couple <laughs> of games to go. Uh, be interested to see that one. Another thing about that game, lads, is that obviously there is a slight colour clash, which means that I presume Wexford will be wearing their snazzy new away jersey that you may have seen, yeah. uh, which is uh, the black jersey with some... Uh, purple and gold uh, sort of faded in. It's actually quite nice, I have to say. It's, it's an ongoing thing this year. It seems to be like, uh, I don't mind teams having weird colour wagers if they do blend some of their county colours into it. And actually Mayo, who've consistently had weird wagers that have nothing to do with their colours, have done that really well this year. So a black one with the with the uh, green and red down the front. So I have to say I'm a fan of both jerseys. I don't know what you think, Gary. Jer- jersey aficionado. <laughs> Uh, Wexford very rarely on them. Yeah, Wexford have had class jerseys for the last few years, to be fair. But yeah, this is about there. I'm a big fan of that Mayo one as well. I think the Mayo one is it's very something different. It doesn't look like a G. It almost looks like a, I don't want it sounds sacrilegious, but it almost looks like a soccer jersey. But like it kind of, that's what makes it stands out more. But uh, yeah, and that was designed by a six year old girl as well. So <laughs> fair play, fair play let, to her. Uh, let her take over. Uh, on yeah. <laughs> maybe. Okay, so that's Antrim Maxford. The other games in Division 1B then that we have to get to. Dublin versus Clare. Uh, big one for me. This is the Clare games I used to be able to go to um, back in the day, Mick, Clare League games. Mick McCarthy Derby, I think they're calling it, are they? I think that's what they usually call it, yeah. Um, Dublin versus Clare, 5.15 on Saturday. This is a massive game for both teams. But it won't like it won't get like massive national attention or anything like that. But like, where are Dublin? Is like this consistent question that we have every year. Are they making any progress at all? Are they getting back to that top tier that they were under Anthony Daly? And to do that, you gotta have some. You gotta have a scalp or two in the league, you know. And playing Clare at home in the form that Clare are in is exactly where you do. But at the same time, if you're looking from Clare's perspective, I always remember is like you know when Clare were going through the wilderness years in like kind of the mid to te- mid to late noughties 
I remember like thinking like, you know, but you'd still never expect them to lose to Dublin. And he, when they met Anthony Daly's Dublin, I think in 2010, maybe it was 2011 even, and they lost to him in a qualifier. It was, it was like a real signal of this isn't, this is gone. Like, you know what I mean? This team is nowhere. They're, you know, they're the worst team in Ireland, even though Dublin were on the rise. You know what I mean? It's mad that you have this psychological, um, feeling about certain teams and certain matchups and Claire would always always fancy themselves to beat Dublin if they don't there's going to be serious questions asked this week at least me or Gary is up next uh Gary is up for the first guest but whoever wants to come in on either of the topics feel free yeah it is a a big game game. it is a big game for both teams because like you're saying Claire lost tantrum they go up lose to Dublin like that's that's pretty much disaster territory like if they said that at the start of the league campaign no well I'm not going to say no one would really believed it but we had no Claire were in a bad place after it and for Dublin like they've beaten Antrim and Leash who obviously no disrespect to them but are two teams that they would be expected to beat like 99 times out of 100 so like they they kind of have to win this game too. Played well against Kilkenny, but didn't win. Like you know, but that's why yeah. Dublin now they have to be winning some of these games. Like you can't just be in them all the time. Like you know, exactly. So like I think both teams have to win. Who I think it's going. I think it's going to be very close, but it's going to be hard to call uh, because, like you're saying, we don't really know where either team is at. Uh, Dublin, I think, will be favourites because of home advantage. Just. I'm going to say Dublin minus one, I think, is what I'm going to go for. Mm. I Clare, Clare won this game by nine points last year. I think it's going to be a lot closer than that. Yes, yeah. um, I actually think Clare would be favourite for this. They've, uh, like, Dublin have beaten Leash and Antrim. Like, it's, it's very hard. And only lost to Kilkenny by five, which is, I take a lot more from that than I would the other two games. Um, but... I think Claire. I'm just a feeling Claire are going to be favourites here. I'm going to say Claire minus one. Okay. I think Claire will be favourites too. I have to say, I think that there's still a kind of a, a lingering respect there for uh, a lot of the players, and you know, there's a there's a Tony Kelly can beat them on his own sense. There's still some very good hurlers there, as there are on both teams, really. You know, um, I think Claire will be minus two, and I think. What I'd be interested in even talking about next week is if Clare are to do anything this week with a, a week off leash game the week before um, and after the first shock in two weeks of the league, I think this is to be their statement performance and they can go and take the Kilkenny game off or whatever, you know, like not worry too much about it and know that they can go into the championship and have a chance um, to, to, to do themselves justice. So I think Clare will be taking this game very seriously. Um, and if they're to do anything this year, I think they'll win it. Um, I'm gonna go minus two though, as what I guess the handicap to be, and it is Claire minus one. PJ all sussed from day one, he goes into an unsurmountable lead of three. He will take uh the title off the actual champion and the interim <laughs> champion and become the undisputed guess the handicap champion, but in a dead rubber of a final round. We look ahead to Kilkenny versus Leash, 145 on Sunday, Division 1B, and the only 1B game on Sunday this week. Poor old Leash. Uh, the, the the cheddar return hasn't gone too well. Cheddar, the, um, I was going to make a bad cheese joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, do. Do. I want to hear it. 
I don't, yeah. It wasn't well thought out, to be honest, uh, PJ. I don't know if it makes any sense. Okay, but, come back with, come back with your cheese joke next week. I will. I'll, I'll, have, I'll, have, I'll have a cheddar joke matured for next week. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I would totally <laughs> redeem myself there. Kilkenny versus Leash. Uh, Kilkenny, this is what I was thinking, actually, when you were talking about this, um, Gary, in the last one was, are Kilkenny... Oh, it was PJ, you were saying it when they only beat Dublin by five. Have Kilkenny been secretly impressive so far mm. in the league in, what, in what's a poor enough division? But they beat Wexford for the first time in however long you mentioned, but they did it well. They easily beat. They beat Dublin, and Dublin got all the plaudits, but they beat them handily, mm. you know? And then um, they beat Antrim, obviously. They conceded a couple of goals to Antrim, and people were like, oh, what's going on there? But, you know, Antrim have been fairly decent, um, you know, I wonder if there's a sort of a sense in Kilkenny is like we'll quietly go about this. We'll get all our pundits, uh, Richie Power, Jackie Tyrrell, uh, someone else I can't remember, complaining about the death of hurling and the end of physicality, and we'll have all of them instead of analysing Kilkenny matches, we'll send them off on tirades. This is this is Cody's written all over this, like you know, <laughs> he is distracting attention, and then they're just going to come out and win the All Ireland. Is it was this Cody's plan all along that to have these uh to send these lads out into the punditry world? Like he's uh he sat them all down in the uh, Nolan Park one evening and said, "Lads, this is the long term plan here. Uh, you'll make it. You'll make a handy few. You'll, you'll make a few pound off it as well." Uh, <laughs> so, uh, impressive thing about Kilkenny this year: they have used twenty eight players so far in three games, which is really um you know. We see the inconsistency with other teams, like say, like like Galway, even with like Waterford, a little bit. Uh, that you know, teams are experimenting a little bit, and you don't see that consistency of performance. That's been there, seems to have been there so far with Kilkenny. But like someone like, like Billy Ryan got one four last week. Asia Mullen is coming back in. With uh, if he Ryan Cody is really kind of building options for himself in this, yeah. uh, is it, which is something he, like he, that's something he loves to do is ensure there is that incredible competitiveness in the panel. Um, I got it. It's just like, you wonder with this handicap, how big, how, like how, how much is too much? Um, yeah. Like leash. I think long-term Cherry uh, Blanca is going to do a good job at leash. I, I like look at like last year. He was uh, he did a really good job with um, James Stevens in the Kilkenny Championship. They came really close to uh, they pushed like Ballyhale. All I think it was in this uh, Kilkenny semi final. They pushed. He was their coach and they they pushed Ballyhale all the way. Um, yeah, uh, like on the uh, the the crisis in hurling. To me, it just it, it feels like people are like. Like people are running around with their hair on fire about you know, how, what's going on, like in hurling. When really, uh, you know, teams aren't back that long. They had very little training to do. Hurling is such like a it's very little trained. Hurling is like such a technical sport. It's like it's it's hard to like hit the. It can be hard to hit the ground running. I think referees had very little time themselves to like prep for. There was like new rules, uh, you know, to, to prep with how they were going to, you know, how they were going to apply them. It's just like I, I, I wouldn't. I'd be holding, I'd be reserving judgment on a lot of this until, like, until the end of the championship. Like, think back to oh, one of the best hurling games in the last six months was Kilkenny Waterford in last year's All Ireland semi final. Like, a fantastic game. Like, mm. that's what I, if I'm like thinking about where hurling is, that's what I'm thinking about that game rather than 
um, you know, this, this, this preseason league, this preseason tournament, basically. Uh, the handicap in this, <laughs> I had minus 16 written down here. I think that's way too low. I think the more I think about it, minus 16, it's, it's, it's just too low. Uh, I'm going to say Kilkenny minus 20. I was gonna say twenty is <laughs> twenty is like the benchmark of like an absolute like it's one to a hundred in the odds or something like that. You know that's a that's unbelievable. But it is that's the, it could be that. You know, um, I'm next. I think am I? The I want to talk about two things actually before I guess the death of hurling conversation. I think you're so right. I did, I would have serious concerns about long term trends and about all the things that they're saying is right. But there is an element of like stop panicking because this isn't real yet you know if this is still happening in a couple of months absolutely be concerned but like let's not tear our hair out like this is you know it is it is certainly over the top at the moment but and i wonder is there a reaction to like you know a poor football people but you know have about put up with this for years where is like one sport is being you know eulogized and constantly talked about as this greatest thing of all time and the other one is like they can do nothing right you know and it's just it's flipped on its head so that like even a good game of hurling now at the moment there's oh jesus there's no football like i always remember the pj i've definitely mentioned this to you before that there was a possibly the most enjoyable game of gaelic football i've ever seen in my life was the first semi-final between uh kerry and mayo in 2014 the one that was a draw in crow park and there was a point halfway through the second half where it was like so thrilling you couldn't even sit down in your seat. And this is as a neutral. And Tommy Carr on commentary goes, "My God, this is so good! It's almost like a game of hurling." <laughs> the mo- one of the most football <laughs> people of all time, one of the great football men. It, exactly. I, yeah, the I, 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 like I think it, sometimes it's like, did Michael Cusick put it down in like the, uh, you know, the when, when they were forming the GA? Did he say? That at all times one of our sports must be in crisis. Like I think it's, so. it, 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 it's like he said that. You know, why? Why does one of them all have to be in crisis? Could rounders not be in crisis? You know, <laughs> you don't hear much from rounders at the moment. Or poor old handball. Come on, rounders not be in crisis. And you know, football and hurling, we can both say they're in a good place. Yeah, they're in perpetual crisis. Unfortunately, those those sports. Um, but yeah, like I mean, there again, there are concerns. But let's take it easy. And then the other thing I wanted to say about Kilkenny was, you know. You mentioned Billy Ryan. Billy Ryan's been around a while. There's a good few of these players that in the old when, when they were being brought through, it was a very, very difficult thing to do on the back of greatest team of all time. There aren't many spots available. Guys aren't getting are getting little little bits of runs in league. There's a lot of expectation on them. If you don't set the world on fire, you're gone. Because you know why Eddie Brennan's gonna come back into the team, you know, and it's like, of course he is. Um, and that's kind of gonna happen anyway. Over the last few years, when they haven't had those players, they've kind of had like, you know, TJ and Colin Fenley, especially in the forwards, kind of holding things down. And all the all the, the other greats have come and gone. There's been more time for these lads to settle in and become their own players. And I think it's interesting that some of these guys are starting to shine now. Um, and it's because they've actually been given that room to grow and let the team become theirs a little bit, you know. And it, it, it is one of the consequences of... We know that there's enough good hurlers in Kilkenny for them to always have a good team, but it's like, do they fit in? Are they have they got the Cody reps under their belt? You know, are they part of the team? Can they feel leadership? I think it's very interesting, you know, and and it's one of those teams that one of those things with a county like Kilkenny that could turn around very quickly and very suddenly. And that's why I was like posing, are they secretly the team this year? And that's all really I'd say. I'll let Gary uh, come in and I will just say, 
I'm, I'm not going to be as mad as you, PJ, but I've nothing to play for anyway. I'll take the Kenny minus 19. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I know you're talking about the Kilkenny punditry oligarch there uh, a couple of minutes ago, uh, trying to dampen down expectations. But Henry Shefflin has actually been in the media today talking up Kilkenny and saying basically exactly what you were saying. Like, are they kind of secretly perfectly taken along? And he kind of says, you know, Limerick are obviously the favourites. Galway, he says, are probably the second favourites. But then Kilkenny are like very, they're not far behind Galway at all. And he also, something you mentioned, PJ, as well, saying about um, beating Wexford, he says it was a massive game for them because Brian Cody was finally able to figure out that system that Wexford play, you know, something that they had struggled with. So it definitely does seem like Kenny are just nicely taken along and you wouldn't be surprised to look up and see them in an All-Ireland final <laughs> in August at all. Last year. I know, to be fair, and when nobody yeah. was like, but uh, this game, I don't know. Minus eighteen, why not? <laughs> it's, it's probably less. Less probably it's more likely to be less than twenty than more than twenty. So. Okay, let's see what it is. It is Kilkenny oh. minus fifteen. So Gary gets the points there. Um, a, a pathetic performance for me. I'm sacked for next week. Gary <laughs> might get a, a rematch. Um, having been beaten three uh, two in the end. PJ, of course, with nothing to play for in the last game. A consolation goal by Gary at the end of the game. So, look, if uh, the hurling is exciting as guess the handicaps uh, this week, it might be a week to skip the GA and wait, <laughs> wait for the doubleheader weekend next weekend. But, uh, uh, look, I'm sure there's a lot to look forward to there. There is obviously a bit to play for. And I think we are getting to the point where we're going to see a little bit more from teams as we approach. It's their second last game before they get very, very quickly into championship hurling. In a couple of weeks thanks a million to uh gary the former champ finally loses the o and almost go and it is gary's and pj who finally gets a win uh an o in the win column disappearing as well and of course me humiliated um as usual some would say but thanks a million for watching or listening if you are watching on youtube please do hit the subscribe button we're here with you every week lots of videos throughout the week on the balls channel as well we'll be back with you next week for two shows of guess the handicap a football and a hurling one so join us then